Welcome to Shooting the Frisbees with your hosts, Jake and Randy, discussing all things freestyle frisbee and whatever else that comes up. Welcome to Shooting the Frisbees with Jake and Randy. Hey, Randy, how's it going? Hey, Jake, I'm doing great today. How are you doing? I'm doing wonderful. I have a question for you. So I was just thinking about this uh, the other day where I have a few moves that I've tried, tried them once, and I hurt myself. And I said, oh, I'm never trying that again. But they're really cool moves. So this one move that I have that is a somersault where I'm thinking I'm going to soul brush the disc on the somersault with my soul. I just said, Ooh, that's a great idea. So I gave it a go and I did the somersault and I hit it and the disc actually went flying. Like I gave it the perfect brush and I popped up and it was kind of a hard brush. So I wasn't able to get to it. And I was like, Oh my God, it's possible. So I tried it again and I totally crushed my neck and I just, I thought about it too much. So it was one of those things where if you just kind of go for it and not think about it, it was there. But after thinking about it and trying it again, I was like, I'm never doing that again. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Yeah. So I don't know if you have an experience like that, where there's a move that you kind of went, Oh, I should try that. And then you decide to abandon it forever. I can't think of a specific experience where I've hurt myself the first time I've tried a move. I've definitely hurt myself doing moves, but yeah, I don't have a similar experience. Uh, Well, that's probably good. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Yeah. Freestyle is not meant to be painful. So no. So Jake, I'm really excited about our guest today. I'm actually very excited about this guest too. Uh, I first met this person at the 2013 FPA Worlds. It was the first time that FPA Worlds had gone outside the U.S. And uh, at the time, he was a new player, but he was so excited about learning moves that he spent a lot of time with me and I showed him how to do the scarecrow, showed him how to do some spinning catches. And I thought, man, this guy really has the bug. And next thing you know, I would say a year later, he was doing moves that were blowing my mind. So um, he definitely is one of my favorite players to watch. He's very smooth and he, he's got just about every move, just about both spins, just about both hands. So uh, welcome to the call, Fabio Sana. Thank you for having me, my friends. Uh, it's, it's an honor to be with you. Uh, it's a pleasure. Thank you. Thank you so much. <laughs> it's our honor to have you on the call. You uh, Not only are you an amazing jammer, but you're just a great spirit. It's always a joy to be with you. Uh, so why don't we start at the beginning? How did you first discover Frisbee? Well, uh, I started... Just by going into a sport show with uh, Eleonora, actually, Eleonora Imazio. We were partners at the time. And we were at this uh, uh, sport uh, show. We found some uh, frisbees on uh, on a skate uh, arena. They were giving these frisbees for free if you had a ride with a skate. I actually asked Ele, hey, maybe if you ask we don't need to skate for a frisbee, and and she did, and uh, and we found ourselves playing for a couple of hours. So, Fabio, what do you mean a sports show? Can you explain that a little bit? Uh, it was a it was a sport uh, event right on the on the seaside of my city in Trieste. We were going uh, to have uh, a trip to to see the event, and we found ourselves in this. Uh, a little pier playing frisbees till the evening. Uh, we 
we thought, oh, wow, it's cool. It's so nice to be together and just playing uh, and, and having fun. And since then, I remember playing during the whole summer every day with my friend Paolo. I never stopped uh, till we, 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 we met in, uh, in Rimini, FBA Worlds in 2003. So when you first got that Frisbee at the sporting event, did you know what freestyle Frisbee was or were you guys just doing catch? No, I, I didn't. I didn't um, recall having seen any freestyle uh, frisbee ever. Uh, to tell the truth, I, I, I remember just playing once, maybe when I was six or so with a friend. He had a big frisbee and he was bigger than me and uh, I loved the, the flight. And that's what I recall back in, into the sports show. So after the sports show, did you go online to see what you could find? Is that the next step? No, no, no. Uh, I I played the whole summer with with uh, my friend Paolo Fumich. He was my first partner, and uh, we spent the whole summer, holiday summer from school, uh, playing frisbee. And uh, then the frisbee we broke. Hey, we we couldn't we couldn't use it anymore. Then we had to find another frisbee. So we found a shop, and actually we bought a, a first Sky Styler, uh, an original one that was in our hands before we knew anything about freestyle. My my first uh, tournament ever was uh, freestyle uh, uh, world championship 2003 in Rimini, uh, but I was just a spectator. How did you learn about that event? I went online after I saw Nike commercial. I, I was lucky enough to have uh, a couple of months in Italy. Uh, this Nike commercial uh, running through the, uh, the television. And, and from there, I, I found out there were all these kind of freestyle sports. As soon as I connected frisbee with freestyle i found uh, i found ultimate i found freestyle i found disc golf and i found all the, these 11 disciplines you can play and i thought oh wow <laughs> there's a dimension i i couldn't even thought i couldn't imagine and then hainesville guide his home that is not online now and uh, tom leitner's page Back then, it was frisbee.com, and then uh, it changed. But I, I, I was uh, on Tom Leitner's page, and I found out there, were, there was the first FBA world outside U.S. in 2003 after 24 years. Uh, the 25th uh, anniversary was on Rimini, and I cried when I read that. I couldn't believe I really, I totally, I called uh, back then Stefano Mestroni, my, my new partner. When Paolo stopped playing, I found uh, this amazing juggler from Trieste and we started playing together. And we went uh, to FBA uh, Worlds with uh, Stefano and Eleonora. We shot all the footage uh, from 2003 rounds all rounds. I, cr I cried the first time I, I've seen Freestyle Live. I couldn't believe uh. it was so emotional. It was so pure. Uh, it is pure. Yeah. <laughs> it, is, it is pure joy. That's why I'm, 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 we are still playing it. 
I love that, Fabio. And I, I think what's really amazing is how the universe lined up and that Rimini is not that far away from your hometown. So what are the odds of that happening yeah. with the world championships yeah. were, you know, an hour or so away from your hometown? You were just in unbelief, right? Yeah, yeah. I, I was, you know, uh, a miracle for me. I thought, hey, what are the odds of this? And and then I I went, uh, I th- I don't know where I found those videos, probably Guidis Home or Hainesville, uh, San Diego, 2001. And I've watched Pat Maron, Jeff Kruger, and Pippo Lopez co-op. So it was a, a shot from far away uh, distance. I couldn't believe, I thought, hey, Nike commercial was something, but these guys are doing something even better with the disc. They, they talk to each other. They can connect to each other. They, they, they are doing something that uh, is, is, is not, you couldn't feel that totally on the, on the footage. So you had to, to see it online. You know? And, and that's, that's, that's what, uh, what happened in, in Rimini. Yeah. Well, you know, Fabio, I remember the very moment I met you and it was in Rimini and I'm sitting on the grandstand and I'm just kind of watching and and you walk up and you come up to me and you go, hi, Randy. And I was like, I I have no idea who you are. And I'm like, well, how do you know me? And you said, I know you from the Internet. Yeah. uh, You know, uh, I can tell you the video is with Daniel now. Uh, in, San, in San Diego, and you are jumping to the disc with a double kick, and I've watched that move twenty thousand times. <laughs> I don't know. You know <laughs> I know the move. I know the move you're talking about. It's a and, double soul brush. Yeah. <laughs> yep. So yeah. I don't know if I and, know that and, move. We gotta find the video of that so we can. Well, it was a totally it was a, it was a not a planned move. It was a spontaneous just sort of go for it. And I just threw both of my legs behind me in this sole brush where both feet were together as one paddle, and I brushed it out, and it went out perfectly. Oh my god! Wow. Yeah, that's that's exactly what you were talking about in the intro. You know, going for something that is there. And it won't ever be there again, maybe, sometimes. And you go for it, and and something amazing happens. Yeah, usually it doesn't happen in a competition. That was one of those very special moments that happened, actually, in a competitive format. That stuff is usually saved for the jam, spontaneous world. So that was a, a lucky moment for me. So that was one of the things that I think really amazed me about how you came onto the scene is that you were kind of seemingly isolated from other jammers and that you really embraced what was online to learn from. So can you talk a little bit about that? You mentioned Haynesville, a little bit about where you went and guide us home. So what was it like learning in that isolated sort of situation? Well, we had no YouTube back then. And and I started going to uh, Tom, Tom Leitner's website and... He had so many links, and I and I basically went to Gaiti's home and Hainesville to learn uh, the moves. But I I literally learned the nail delay by reading it uh, on Hainesville.com back uh, in 2002. And so it made sense to you just looking at it online. You were like, okay, I put my hands together and I. 
it it was a crazy time because I I was so fond of it. I was uh, looking to these uh, very small videos. You had not big quality, so you couldn't tell what they were doing. We could just barely notice what's the the pose of the of the of the freestyler. What what kind of situation is uh, underneath the disc? I don't know. I don't know what what's happening. The description of, on Hainsfield g- gave me the the glimpse, and I had to translate it in Italian back then because I uh, back then I I was not so uh, fluent in in English. And then I I spent one day practicing uh, the self set over my head and and trying to uh, to to spin the finger the nail the finger the, to 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 get it on on the center the, the the big problem was not having to see it how you have to react to the fall of the disc did you have nails on or did you have silicone no, no. did you have any of that i used the uh, oil i used the uh, uh, olive oil <laughs> oh my gosh, that's so funny because that is what I I learned. There was not silicone, so I also had uh, I was it was cooking oil. But I remember when yeah. I would throw the disc up, the cooking oil would splash off onto yeah. me. Did you have that same experience? No, I dropped a, a <laughs> few a few drops and then I cleaned it because I I thought about it and. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't that smart. I wasn't that smart. I just dumped a bunch on there and just turned it over and threw it up. And I, I didn't know how much I needed, so I didn't want to uh, get it all, you know, soaked. So you were a wise uh, beginner. You were a wise <laughs> beginner. Yeah, that's that's how I learned. And uh, thank you, Jake. I, I think you wrote it. Uh, there were a number of articles written by lots of different people back then. So I wrote one, Matt wrote one, I think Doug Corns wrote one, and Paul Kinney wrote one, all about how to do the nail delay. And then Dan McGallanese wrote one about fake nails and how to make them and how to glue them on. And I think the only video that we had back then was a video of Skippy. It was more like an animated GIF than a video, but it was a video of Skippy doing a two-handed throw over his head to a delay, and it lasted about three seconds, the whole video. <laughs> yes, I remember it. Yeah, all those articles are still up there on frisbeeguru.com. Go watch it and learn it. <laughs> yeah, I think one of the things that's amazing about um, your journey, Fabio, is that how did you stay motivated? And you didn't really have a lot of folks to play with. So, is it what 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 was the drive? Uh, the drive, just the the enjoyment I had to to play with it, the fun. I couldn't put it uh, down. I just couldn't put, uh, think anything out of frisbee. I, I was uh, literally um, intoxicated. I couldn't stop thinking of moves. And in the real beginning, I was thinking about absorbing these moves. Uh, you could you can think uh, uh, copying, but I was thinking about making them mine. So I could. Uh, express them with my personality. The moves are, are there. We are just tr- trying to push our limits, our boundaries. We can copy each other, we can say, but we, we definitely are exploring all these moves together. The, the, the true power of this sport is the fun you have with it and the fun you have with your friends. That's, yeah. that's the real power of, of the unity of this sport, what brings us together. 
So, Fabio, how I just kind of want to understand your timeline from learning that delay. So, how how much had you learned before you went to that first Worlds in Rimini, seeing it live for the first time? Had you already had a certain amount of skills down? Uh, I was focused to be in Rimini uh, with some skill. As soon as I found out that uh, the Frisbee World Championship was, was taking place, I, I started practicing even more, like 12 hours a day, literally. When I was waking up, I was playing and I was on holiday. I was lucky when I started. And then September came and I was uh, on the beach and I was ready to, uh, eager to, to learn more from the pros. I think that the old freestyledisc.org page, the FPA page, the old one had all the, the, yes, all the photos. I learned all the players from the FPA page. So that's how I, I, I knew about you. I knew about uh, uh, Jake and uh, Tom Leitner and, uh, and also the, uh, Clay Colera. The first uh, people I, the first person I met on the beach was uh, Luigina uh, Tazzini, and uh, she was introducing me, the whole crew. I love that. I just, it's so awesome that you like knew everybody before you even showed up, and then like there we all were live. <laughs> so Clay was your it, first person that you met of, like your first jammer person. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> on the beach, yes. And uh, and he s- said, Let, let's go. I'm going to uh, make you meet everybody with with Luigina. But he, he's my mentor. I can, t- I can tell there are many, many people who started me up, like the Beast uh, coming with John Titcom to Trieste before Paganello the next year. And uh, But Clay, he, he's my... Uh, spiritual uh, frisbee father. He taught me not only how to play, but how to uh, be a good player. How to how to respect people <laughs> before going with with your ego. Uh, we learn from each other, and I've learned so much from Clay. He is such a uh, a beautiful, beautiful person. I give him so much respect. Wow, yeah, that was really great to hear Fabio uh, talk about Clay Calera so much. I mean, Clay's uh, influence on the Italian freestyle scene just can't be underestimated. Clay is uh, has just such an amazing presence, and he's such a big influence there. That yeah. So I got a chance to stay at Clay's house in uh, 2003 when the Worlds were in Rimini for the first time, and so I got to know Clay a little bit. His English isn't super good, but uh, I could tell the passion that he has and the energy that he has, and it's just amazing. Yeah, he is he is a unique spirit for sure and no doubt the godfather of Italian frisbee. It's funny that you got to a chance to stay with him because I got to ride in a car with Clay and Claudio Cigna from Seattle to Seaside. And so I got to spend, you know, 3-4 hours in a car and he's just really funny and um, like you say, his English isn't the best, but it's way better than my Italian. Uh, but we, but we were, you know, like singing and making jokes, and we we had this little noise that we we made up. That if we were out on the beach, I would know that that it was him, and he would know it was me, and it was like. Ooh, 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 ooh. 
and that was it. So we were kind of making this little, these noises to call back and forth to each other. So that's just kind of a indicative of his, you know, fun spirit and, uh, you know, just you know, embracing fun and play. Totally. I love that. I've been in jams with him before where he'll cluck like a chicken just so that you know that he's around and ready for the pass just in case you're going to dish it to him. <laughs> it's just like, <laughs> who else does that? <laughs> uh, cluck like a chicken. Oh, that's so funny. I, I love that about Clay. Um, today, I'm actually going to go to Green Lake. It's opening day at Green Lake, and I'll be jamming with the Beast. And uh, I don't think I'll be hearing much clucking from the Beast. I'm sure I'll be getting the uh, the Beast grunts, but it's going to be great fun. And I'm looking forward to another season at uh, the lake with the Beast. So, Yeah, I'm so jealous. You get to go jam with the Beast. Well, so hey, just a reminder to all of our listeners out there, uh, go subscribe to our mailing list if you want to be updated on uh, all the goings-on at Frisbee Guru. Uh, Just go up there and put in your email address, and you'll be added to our list. And on that note, Jake, I will talk to you next week. Talk to you next week. Thanks for listening to Shooting the Frisbees with Jake and Randy. To contact us, or for more info, check us out at frisbeeguru.com. Home to Haynesville, shooting the Frisbees, and live stream.